Welcome to the workshop, In It for the Long Haul. My name is Carol, and I'm a compulsive reader and the moderator speaker for this session. Hi. Before we uh, begin, will you please turn off your cell phones? This workshop is being taped. All opinions expressed by those who share are their own and not necessarily those of OA as a whole. The format for this session is a reading, two speakers, ask a basket questions, and sharing on the topic. A basket with paper and pencil will be circulated. Is it going around? Oh, thank you so much. Um, please specify for who your question is for. If it doesn't matter, then just leave it blank. Um, the reading that we've taken this topic from is from the OA 12 and 12, page 106. And I will now speak for 20 to 25 minutes. My name is Carol. I'm a compulsive reader. I came into this program in March of 1970 and got abstinence and have stayed that way for the rest of my life. Um, I lost, uh, I was thinking of the day I actually lost 68 pounds because I went underneath my goal weight and someone said, are you starving yourself? And that went back to the right place. Um, amazing how that happened. Anyway, I lost 66 pounds. I've maintained that well over 15, 20 years and then since menopause, I've maintained the 30, 40 pound weight loss, weight loss to this day. Um, uh, this topic was very, very fun um, in it for the long haul. Because if you knew me when I came in, you would know that my record for being in an organization was about 15 months. Some 11, some 18. But I did not like organizations. I did not want to be part of one. And I did not like the idea of going back years and years and years later. So this was really a, a major change that occurred in my life with the program. When I came into the program um, and I read the 12th step, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go out and promote this program. Because when I came, when I came into the program, I did what they suggested. I got a sponsor and I looked over the food plan and decided it was for me because my doctor doesn't know anything about nutrition. And um, I started working the program because they had a podium at the meeting I went to. And to get up there and speak, you had to have 30 days of abstinence and just to see, read the, the traditions of the steps. And then you had to have your sponsor's approval and blessing before you could do it. And I wanted to do that like nothing. So um, I, would, I did all the things they suggested. And I knew that none of this was going to work because I was done with food. I was done with diets and exercise. I never was going to count a calorie again, and I have not counted a calorie since I've been in programs. Um, I mean, I measure my food a lot, but I don't count calories. And all the things that I hated about diets and exercise, I was, not, I was done. And I was going to prove that this didn't work. Because, you know, that I could say I tried everything. Because, you know, I, I told God about six or eight months before, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing any of this before. I am not paying money because I went to Weight Watchers, 50 cents a meeting, and I thought that was humiliating. <laughs> humiliating. I found out later on how lucky I, I would have been. I also didn't like eating tuna every day of the week, and I couldn't afford. We couldn't afford eating tuna and then the kids eating whatever else I was. So this program really, really, as far as the food plan, worked very well. But... But also, um, I couldn't argue with my higher power because um, it was free. It, and so um, I started coming. 
And it worked. Oh, my gosh, it worked. I was losing a pound a week, <laughs> uh, a pound a month or whatever it was. I was using, I mean, six months I had gone to maintenance weight, and I was not there, nearly there between my head. It's taken all the rest of my program just to begin to get there. Uh, but um, my idea of being here forever. So anyway, I got to the, I was reading through the literature, you know, 12 and 12 and all that stuff, and it said, um, having had a spiritual awakening, we, um, um, let's see, the 12, oh, I can't even remember. I, I never can remember these things. Um, it's in there. And the heart of my having uh, the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And that's what I came to the conclusion. Oh my gosh, I cannot promote. And just because he said attraction, not promotion, I didn't believe that. Because I never met anybody in the world who had something they wanted to give me or wanted me to do that wasn't trying to promote it. And it still happens today. But they said attraction, not promotion. Well, see, I got to the meetings and they said, if you want what I have, this is what I did. And I said, hmm, okay. And so I was attracted to their program. And so, uh, and when I got to the 12th step, gee, I had something to offer anybody. I, I, in, my enthusiasm of how it worked, my sharing my experience, strength, and hope gave other people the desire to do the same thing. And I was amazed about how this was. I, I never expected to be around this long, but see, once you've been given, you have some experience to give, you give it. And what I found in there, well, I didn't understand this at the time. Uh, the, I like the praise when it says, when we need, let go of our need to control people and simply allow a higher power to serve others through us, we receive an abundance of joy and strength. And what I'm learning about my turning my will and life over to my higher power is that if I'm not feeling too joyful and I'm not feeling... Um, that, that excited about life and enthusiasm that I'm not walking in his will. And when I am, I am. So that's what I want to do. My, my most important goal today is doing the will of my higher power to the very best of my ability. And I got that through the program. And so I keep coming back because of that. The other thing was is that when I got to the point where I was going to be um, a sponsor, no, that was very terrifying. And I've known people who've gone out and eat so they don't have to be a sponsor. But the thing of it is, this page tells me, I'm not here to fix anybody. I'm here to share my experience, strength, and hope. If you want to call me, that's wonderful. And I will give you everything I have been given in this program gladly and without a doubt and measured, over measured, or whatever that part about mercy being unmeasured, I, once again, do not quote well. Um, but... Um, it, it was all about just being willing to share and being willing to give my experience, strength, and hope. And it continues on today. The other thing is um, I am very grateful about the people who, have, who I followed uh, when I first came to the meeting and the, some of the people that were in our group and um, watched them as they progressed on their program on the way. I saw people in the program who got well, and now they go to how meetings because they could, you can't, once you've been affected by this disease and you've been affected by recovery, you just can't, I don't think you can go back. Um, uh, the other thing is that um, my sponsees tell me that I'm making footprints for them and others, and I'm just totally amazed. But that's because I'm not doing it. It's because I'm trying to do the will of my higher power. When I get in there and try to do it, it gets into promotion, not, not attraction. And... On the, on the longevity of this, it's just amazing. And I've had periods of dryness where I didn't want to be in program or I didn't want to go to meetings or I didn't want to do a lot of service. 
But service, I love that old thing. I do remember this quote. Service is slimming. And uh, if it is, I'm going to be real skinny in about 25 days. Now, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been, I've been doing a lot of service lately um, at this level. Uh, but service doesn't just mean speaking at a meeting or chairing a meeting or being on a convention committee. It means that if you have one day of abstinence, somebody else who's new doesn't have any, you have something to give them. And that way you can share your experience and the hope. And the, the service that we do on a day-to-day -day basis gets us out of ourselves. And when we get out of ourselves, we get into joy. It just seems to be a, a wonderful spiral upward to a better life. Um, and so sometimes I go to a meeting and I'm really in a bad slunk. But all I can do is share my experience, strength, and hope. And I always come out feeling better and wondering what happened. And it may not be more than just sitting in that meeting and smiling when somebody identifies or not. There's a lot, a lot doing it. But if I, when I came in here, had thought about being here this many years later, I would never even probably have come out. Um, you know, everybody has, uses these tools to get through the steps. Um, getting to meetings is still a real tr struggle for me. I would rather stay home and read the big book or call somebody on the phone than to do that. But it doesn't really matter which is the best one to do. We have things that we can do and tools we can do to keep us coming back. And it's a, still a 24-hour day uh, program. It doesn't ever stop being a 24-hour day program for me. And when it does, I start getting depressed and discouraged and isn't it going to ever be over and why can't I get well and blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've never stopped being a compulsive reader, no matter how much success I have had, because I am who I am. And that doesn't mean I ever, ever have to eat compulsively again. It just means I need to know who I am, and then I can let go and go on and do the next things. The other thing about this 12 steps, I have time. Okay. I'm, I, I, I'm waiting to sit down now. I can't believe it. Some people in this audience would be surprised. <laughs> um, but the other thing about this is that when I got to that 12 step, my sponsor um, suggested that maybe I needed to apply the 12 steps to other areas of my life. So I applied them to my children. I applied them to my chores at home. I applied them to my marriage or not. I, um, I applied them to going back to school twice. I've gone back to educational pro programs. Um, and I did it through using the 12 steps. I've tried to be uh, organized, and I tell you, the only way I can be organized is use the 12 steps. Anytime I try to do the left and the right lines, and da da da, it doesn't work, except when I try to use the 12 steps. Um, I I read the literature. I go to meetings. I have I have a spiritual time where I'm supposed to be quiet every morning for five for 20 minutes, and with no books, no coffee, I can have a piece of paper if I have to have it, but. But I, I'm not supposed to be doing anything but just trying to connect with my higher power. And for the most part, I get absolutely nothing. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I don't have voices answering me. But my day goes better when I do that. And like at the end of the day, I can say, thank you, God. Wow, what a good day. The other day I had this busy day. It was planned from hell. I don't know how I committed my life. I know how I did it. I committed myself to too many things in too much way. And at the end of the day, I, went, I had got everything that was supposed to have been done that day. I was just amazed. Well, who credit? Who has the credit? My higher power. So <clears throat> taking these steps 
with the food and then applying them to every other area of their life, I have a built-in philosophy of living that works for me when I work it and many, many times when I don't work it. And what I also want to acknowledge, too, is the sponsors that I have in my life who help me grow. I even use these 12 steps to become a social creature. Uh, I go places and do things today that without certain sponsors, I would probably never, ever have done. And um, it helps me continue on the program. And the thing of it is, is the days build up to the days, build up the days until you have years going on and going, oh, what happened, where did it go? Um, I don't get to a lot of conventions, um, but I really am enjoying this one today. Uh, it's, a, it's a different flavor for everybody. One of the things that um, I found that you do the contrary action. So if uh, going, not going to meetings is my thing, then I go to meetings. Uh, for me, writing has been an intense tool, and this keeps on rejuvenating itself over all the period of these years. And so um, I'm here for a long haul, but I'm only here one day at a time, and I'm here in the moment, and I'm finding out that my higher power helps me if I'm in the moment. If I'm in the past where I was before, or I'm thinking projecting 5 or 10, 15 years down the line, I don't get any help, but when I'm right here today in the middle, um, I get all the help I need. And that's all I can say today. Our second speaker is Barbara from Torrance. Hi, I'm Barbara, compulsive overeater from Torrance. And I'm not going to stand the whole time, but um, I just wanted to stand for a minute. Um, my ex ex initial experience was different than yours, Pal. Because when I came, can everyone hear me? No. Yeah. One. Okay. Um, I I had a lot of hope. I was spent. I was done with food. I was just surrendered, and um, whatever I was told to do, I did. You know, I was like a little duckling following along, and um, I did have some abstinence at that time and lost it and back and forth and back and forth and finally I met a man where I was living who was an AA and he helped me through my fourth step and um, that was before I moved to Los Angeles and you know I began to have some faith uh, and the hope is really what cat you know has carried me through I, in reading because I also have to read something from this book and I grew up with the AA 12 and 12 and all of the AA. So this is kind of new for me, although I bought a lot of copies to support. But, um, but on this 12 step, what I, I liked, um, they talk about, they kind of review all, all 12 steps. And they gave like a little brief summary of it all. And then um, they also talk about the isolation. And, and and all the other factors of our disease, and that has really taught me how to how to live with other people. So just to backtrack, I'm, I left San Francisco and um, I started abstaining there uh, October 1977, and this is the abstinence that I have today. I don't do it. And, you know, I, I don't really stick with things that long, but um, it was sort of enlightened self-interest because I got to learn a way to live my life 
without eating all the time because that's the way I was living that way before. I, I moved. I was able to uh, get through graduate school, uh, not going to as many meetings as I would like. And I think I sh shared this before. At that time, I had a sponsor who was so, um, you know, validating. Whatever I did was okay. If I got, got to half the meeting and I didn't hear the speaker, she would say, well, the pictures are the best part. And if I would miss the, the pictures, but hear others. And that it, it's okay. You know, there's other ways to work the program than going to meetings. And what I had to do at that time, um, I had to develop my higher power and I had to lean on something else for strength, uh, something else to, to get me through to try something new. And I did um, learn in the program uh, to have close relationships with women friends. I never really, I had friends, but they weren't really close relationships. And I learned to uh, say what was going on with me, listen, and then I finally I met somebody that we were able to share with and get married. And I never, I think I never would have been able to even do that had I not been in the program and learned uh, the other ways to relate to people. Uh, the other thing that happened is then I got pregnant, you know, and I was, I knew how to follow a food plan and I was able to do that through my pregnancy. And I always say, I felt that um, at each stage, you know, I, I could abstain if I wasn't married, then when I got married, I could abstain if I didn't have children. And, but each time, each new um, thing that I've grown into in my life um, and expanded my little narrow horizon of my room, TV, and food, uh, I was able to get the strength to deal with it and not not be isolated. Uh, a lot of things that in life, you know, that we go through, um, and my absence has changed over the years. I mean, in the beginning, um, it was really that gray sheet, three meals a day, nothing in between, no bread, and all that kind of stuff. And then over time, it's changed. I mean, I was almost a vegetarian and then I got married and it just didn't work you know we had dinners and so I started eating more food and uh, I mean not I mean just eating more food to my food plan and also little by little I I've lost fear of food I have a lot of respect for food and I feel like um, if I take that compulsive bite I can be right back and that that keeps me going where I am. Um, I use the tools, I use the writing, the meetings, the telephone calls, everything as I, as I need it. And mostly though, I, I find that the way I'm living my life today is the way of the 12 steps. Every crisis, I mean, now I have two kids at home. Um, my son is gonna be moving out soon and I've had a lot of challenges with him, but I find that in all these situations, it's just the same thing. I'm powerless. My life is unmanageable. I came to believe and I made a decision. And it's, I don't have to do it alone. 
And that allows me to hang in there, um, you know, to be a parent or to be a worker, um, to do things that I don't want to do. I mean, that was a real revelation. You know, um, I had a sponsor that used to tell me, whatever you want to do, do the exact opposite. Which pissed me off. But anyway, I did, I did that. And what I found is that I was getting results when I was doing it. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't want to leave my apartment, but I went anyway. You know, I can write about how I feel. I can talk to people about how I feel. But the bottom line is what's the action I'm going to take to get myself out of that situation. I was really much um, in the in the 12 and 12 there's a part it says about I was very depressed and negative and all that stuff and I'm just not that way today and if I have moments like that um, it's kind of familiar but I, I'm not comfortable with that I'd rather be the person that sees the glass half full and you know, go with that. I mean, make the make that decision. I can and I can choose now. I can choose if I want to be happy or not. Um, I can choose the people that I'm with. And it's a lot of times it's just getting through the fear. I used to when I first came to the program, um, the meetings were where they were all at like at eight o'clock at night. Then there were two hour meetings, and it that kind of cut into my eating time. I really didn't like that because I, that's when I ate. You know, it was after dinner, eating, and not before I went to bed. And um, I had a hard time eating and going out to an activity. I just couldn't do that because the food was really the activity. And the other thing that we were doing was always second to the food. So now um, I've learned to do this, and I've learned that even after my dinner, I'm always going to have another meal. As a matter of fact, a week ago, um, I went to a dance by myself, and I've been doing that just from time to time a little, just to see the people, you know, that are out there. And I remember thinking the same thing. Well, you know, I, okay, so I'll be going out, and, and then I'll just remember, it's just like, going to a meeting, you know, you're going out, you're being with people, and then you come back. And then more and more, I'm just enjoying myself. I, I always was afraid of doing new things, and now I welcome doing new things. I just don't have the idea of having any, I don't have any new ideas. I mean, I think of myself as not very much of a fun person, you know, and, um, but I like be exposed to these things now, and it was never like that to me. And mostly, I, I feel now it's better, I better going out than staying in. And um, this this past week, um, I've had to do a lot of things that have been very stressful for me. Uh, I went to um, out of state. My son's going to be going to school there. We had back-to-back -back meetings. I mean, I have to really be focused um, and advocate. 
Then we came back, and then I went to a grief group. Not a grief group. It's a workshop because I knew the facilitator, and it was really good. And but it brought up a lot of issues for me. Um, well, actually, Tuesday was the eighth uh, was the anniversary of my, me and my family were in an automobile accident, and my husband didn't survive. And instantly, and my son, the one who's going to be going to out of state, was critically injured, critically injured. And my daughter and I were in the car. I had my my left arm was messed up for a long time, but so that situation, it, it was traumatic, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, But I was powerless, you know. I, I had to see my son for a month in ICU just uh, not moving, you know, because he had broken his neck or something. And um, But I just was doing what's in front of me. Again, I'm powerless. My life is unmanageable. I came to believe, and I made a decision. Very scary. Very, very scary. Um, but I guess I got the strength to do that. I guess I got the strength. And then um, released him from that hospital. Me, uh, they were going to the Mercy Group. They were airlifting us to California. And it was a little, uh, real little plane. They had the pilot and then another seat. And in the back was my son, a nurse, and a paramedic. And I'm afraid of heights. So I remember thinking to myself, I really don't want to go. You know, I really don't want to go with him. But I have to go. I have to go. And so I walked in that plane, freaking out, seeing him back there. I got through it. I got through it because I'm not doing it alone. There are things that I feel like I can't do by myself. But uh, that's when I tap into the hot power and the group. And um, so anyway, it's eight years since this accident, um, and I've been a single parent, and I really don't like it. And if I knew I would be a single parent, I would not have been a parent. And I just have to deal with all this stuff, you know. And my son is doing great now, and now my daughter is 17, and I, I deal with that. I mean, and she's a joy and everything, but she's willful. and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to. I work two jobs to keep things going. Um, but I, I'm. But you know what? I'm grateful. I'm really grateful because things could have been so much worse, so much worse. And just the idea of thinking that I'm grateful is like astounding. You know. I mean, yeah. You could say, well, I'm grateful for some obvious great thing, but um, I certainly wasn't grateful for that the accident, but the way we were able to come through it and cope, and I know it could have been worse, you know, we, and um, so, and, and then um, also fairly recently, I was actually seeing somebody, so I had to start dating again, which I had, and then um, I met a man, and we were together, broke up, and then we were engaged, and um, he broke up with me the end of January, I guess. 
It was pretty devastating. But um, I've written a lot about it, and I've written a lot about him. Um, and it's kind of tapped into all this, these other losses that I had and working on more grieving my husband, which I really haven't been able to do because I've kind of had to be so vigilant to be functioning for this. And just keep moving on. And um, now I'm in the process of going to do another writing, but really work the steps on it. And I really think that um, it's on my mind too much. I need to get to the point where I can forgive him. And it's actually starting to do like a little mini shift in my mind. Um, you know, and this is the hard stuff. This is the painful stuff that they don't want to don't want to uh, deal with and confront. And but you know what? People will say to me, "Oh, you're you're strong and this." And it's not that. I mean, I just feel like. Um, you know, I may be the only, and this is I've heard before, I may be the only copy of a big book that anybody will ever see. And it's more about the way I live my life. Um, people that I uh, work with for 15 years, they all know that I don't eat desserts and I don't eat sweets. And it's just the way it is. And it's not one day I do this, one day I do that. Um, it's just out of my life because I, I'm so, I know what would happen if I took a bite. My daughter said, Mom, you know, whenever I go to an OA meeting and I tell her, and this weekend she says, oh, you're going to go, is everybody going to be starving in the Alberta Anonymous? And then she, and then she, <laughs> and then she says, well, Mom, you know, you don't need to go. You don't need to go. And I said, that's why I go. So I don't need to go. And I love the serenity prayer. Excuse me. It puts things in perspective for me. It's just either or. Either I can, can change it or I can't. And... Uh, Sometimes it takes me a while to figure it out, and sometimes I try to change things and I can't. But, you know, it's a lot more freeing. I, I feel free with those decisions, not fighting and, and going upstream, you know. And, yeah, I'd like to align my will with God's will. But I don't always think that way. I mean, I, at all. You know, I don't think, well, what's your will? And then I'll go do it. No. I just know that what I'm doing is not working. And maybe that it's God's will to try to do something else. So, uh, anyway, my, like I said, for everybody who wants to hear about the food, has changed over time. Um, but if I need to, ever, you know, sometimes there are times where I can get my food so that I can get it back on track. And whenever I'm feeling kind of squirrely or something, I know to go to a meeting, and it, it does work. It does help, uh, and it helps with the fear. And I know there's a solution, you know, um, and I never knew that before. And that things pass. 
I mean, I was sick this week. It was uh, pretty bad for a couple of days, but I just hung in there, you know, because I know it's going to pass and things do. Um, If I I could have uh, written the script for my life, it wouldn't have gone this way, but I think things are better than I could ever imagine. because I have a way of dealing with a lot of the fear. I was brought up uh, with a lot of fear, you know, afraid of going out, afraid of doing this, getting dirty, blah, blah, blah. And um, I managed to get through a lot of that and, and do the opposite, because I know that's really the better thing to do. But just just looking at fears and seeing that you can change things. You can choose to do something differently. And um, I used to meditate. I don't do that now, but I always feel like I could go back to it as another tool. Um, Food is very important to me, and my meals are important to me, but... um, they have to stop. The other day, it was like about two weeks ago, I was had at this lunch, and it was one of those buffet things and everything, and it was really getting a little seductive. And I sat down with my plate, and I heard somebody say this one, lunch is over. <laughs> and that's what I said to myself, and I left. You know, it was just a little... A little too much, a little becoming a little too interesting for me, and um, I just had to cut it off. But I learned so much here, and I really, um, you know, I really want to open up um, to a full life and the promises, um, you know, and and just know that we're just not doing this alone. So anyway, um, thanks a lot. We will now have uh, ten, 10 minutes of questions from the Ask It Basket. And if they're not a questions, then the speakers will give it, be given a second chance to say what they meant or what they left out. Okay. Please, please talk about the difference and the difference and similarities between your abstinence and your food plan. Well, my abstinence is the way um, I deal with my life really. And the food plan is something that uh, what I've developed for myself is what I don't eat. And it's three meals a day, a snack that I can have, um, and, and just not to compulsively overeat. I don't know if that answers the question. But um, I think the main point is just to eliminate certain foods that are problematic for me. Well, my first 
uh, food plan was my abstinence, but unfortunately or fortunately for me, I was nursing a child, and after about six months, um, he was starving to death. And the doctor told me, if he's going to continue nursing this child, which was very important to me at the time, he said, you're going to have to change your food plan. So crying, I went home crying. There were no cell phones in those days. And then I, it took me about 20, 25 minutes to get home from the doctor's office, crying my eyes out all the way. And she said, oh, well, we just make a few adjustments. And we made a few adjustments to my food plan. And she said, now you're on maintenance. And uh, I never looked back from there. So my abstinence is stopping eating compulsively. For me, it's stopping eating in between meals unless I have a plan. It's uh, stopping, for me, it was uh, no sugar, no refined flour because I have a sensitivity and it, it, it didn't work for me. And when I stopped eating those foods, I woke up and started having a life. So it doesn't matter, it may not be for you, but for me, that's what it was. So what I used the original bowl gray sheet for is a guide for have I had enough to eat because I need reference points. And so if I've looked at that and I've known that I've eaten the protein, I've had four ounces of protein, I've had, you know, a cup or two of salad, whatever it is I do, I know that I've had what I need. Then no matter whether I feel hungry or whether I feel stuffed, I've done the, the thing I'm supposed to do, my part in this business of living. I don't have to worry about the rest. And um, so has it changed over the period of years? Yes, I was pregnant a couple of times in the program and I stayed abstinent. Um, I went to grad school and stayed abstinent. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how many things nurses eat, how much, how terribly they eat. Um, and I remember calling my food in that last uh, semester of classes and actually losing weight because uh, they suggested in the program that you go back to losing abstinence once in a while for discipline. And I did that instead of staying for three weeks, I think I stayed out for four or five months and um, whatever. Um, the thing of it is, is that your abstinence is freedom from compulsive overeating. If you're obsessed, you can be obsessed about what you're going to eat, but if you don't eat compulsively, you're fine. And then, of course, you know, what you do, what I suggest, or what I think is good, is when you have a problem with that and you think about, your, think about it, then go and let it by your sponsor and take some direction from your sponsor. And it might be exactly different than what you think. Recently, I called my sponsor and said, well, I think I should go on losing weight up in the blah, blah, blah. And she asked me a few questions and asked me to do a little bit of writing. And then she said, what do you think? And I said, just for today, I'll eat what I plan to eat. I'm not going to be worrying about all this stuff, not freaking out. So it's something that you start out with, a good plan to start out with. If you have no, if you have a sponsor that says, well, eat whatever you think is right, but only three times a day, and that's your abstinence, that's fine. What I did is I was eating every 15 or, I was eating every two or three hours when I came in program. I was tasting every, I ate half the food tasting it. I did a lot of things before I came in the program that I stopped doing and I haven't gone back to. And that's when I, and it gets back to the bottom line, what's going on? And I'm not doing those things today. Go ahead. Okay, how do you approach somebody who claims to have uh, years of abstinence and who's morbidly obese? Well, I probably wouldn't approach them on that. Uh, but you know what, I, I don't judge, and um, it's not my place to get into somebody else's business. I mean, if he or she asked me, then that's, that's something else. But I don't know, I'm not, I haven't walked in their shoes, I don't know where they're, they're coming from, and uh, so 
you know, I'd be polite unless unless I'm asked directly, and then I'll answer directly. Do you want to? I'm not sure I heard correctly. Are you on the HAL program? I am a HAL member and would like you to talk more about it. Thank you. I call myself pre-HAL. When I came into the program, we did a lot of things that HAL, that this HAL program does today. We call our food in, we write it down and call it in every day or whatever our plan with our support. We, we um, um, uh, call three people. Well, I was never told I had to call three people a day, but that was... Some of the people are supposed to do that. You go to so many meetings a week. And um, and what happened is that there were an awful lot of abstinence and there was a lot of controversy many years ago. Um, at point of history reference, I remember we had a lot of people on great, on this called Gracia Abstinence in Orange County. And we'd go to L.A. and there'd be a big battle between L.A. modern mealers and O.A. And it, you know, it goes on. The bottom line is, is that if you're abstinence and you stay abstinence, it doesn't really matter how you get there. There are more ways to be abstinence than you know of. And what they did is in Orange County, we found a good way to do it. It was working very, very well. But what my sponsor reminded me is that you have to get past the, the diet mentality. You have to get past being obsessed with, with, that, or with a food plan and to get on the maintenance and see that I was fortunate because I was thrown into maintenance before I had a chance to, um, to do that. Um, um, and so there's a lot of good things that how does they bring some discipline back to the eating they have questions that are wonderful we didn't have those questions we we were lucky if we had somebody wise person would ask you questions but we didn't have a lot of that so there's a lot of good things that are involved in that and I and I guess um, what I noticed or what I've heard is that a lot of those people who used to go to the meetings I went to quit quit program quit eating start eating compulsively and found it didn't work and so they went back and, and somewhere along the line somebody set up how and that's where you know where that's what I know about it um, and I, I don't know I think the discipline is what keeps me abstinent some of the discipline but I don't do it perfectly the way that they did it in the beginning like that I know there were requirements for speaking and um, for sponsoring and things like that and so I don't know if I would do that today. Oh, I was willing to do anything when I came in the program. Um, I'm one bite away from from um, from being out there eating again today, and I don't think I have another return to the program. I don't think if I went back out there and started eating compulsively that I would ever come back. Every, some people know they will, and some people do. I don't think I do. So I don't want to put myself at a risk for that, whatever it takes. There's a lot of underlining in this one. When you can't call, can't get out of the house, can't, 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 what do you do? Well, I think today it's easier. On number one, they have, um, what's that? Oh. Um, they have on computer, they have uh, speakers online. They have the uh, Lifeline book. Um, there's a lot of literature that you can read, um, and I think all the speakers are great in buying tapes. You can do all that if you can't get out. And also, I mean, I have to throw out there, the, your higher power is everywhere, really, or at least mine is. I mean, 
my higher powers in California and in Arizona. We were in the hospital for six weeks. I couldn't get to a meeting. People sent me um, a big book on 12 and 12. But, I, I mean, so you can develop a way to deal with this, get a sponsor, have people that you call. Um, but, you know, you have to make that decision that you want to do that. I just wanted to add, you have, uh, one of the things that I was told that I needed to make my recovery the most important thing in my life, whatever it was, and that doesn't mean I have to get out and go to meetings. That means I can do whatever. And uh, one of the things I would suggest, uh, um, no, the thought I had was just gone, almost. But the, the point is is that uh, I did a lot of phone calling when I first was in the program. I had four little kids. I couldn't get off and go off and go to meetings all the time. I went to one meeting a week because that's all my religion suggested. So I figured if it, because I came in and I thought it was a moral issue, so I thought if I only had to go to church once a week, then I don't need to go to one meeting once a week. Um, they didn't have, they only had two or three meetings in Orange County at the time. So, and we only had a big book. We didn't have all the literature and everything. But reading the literature every day, writing on the literature, meditating on it, calling a lot of people, getting lists or calling a newcomer or calling somebody. Those, some of those things you can do whether you get to be at home, even if you're not on computer and even if you can't get online. So I think our time, oh, yes. We have one more. Now, when you'd like to come up and sign and say that again, um, take, when it gets time to you have to be. <laughs> Yeah, there's one more. Question. One more question. Well, it's not really. It just says help. So you you have to grab somebody here, you know, to talk to somebody. And there is a lot of help here. So, I mean, it's a little too vague for me, although I get the message. Um, you can turn that help into hope. And, um, you know, it's all here. All right, thanks. I've heard also said, what what I can't do, we can do together. Okay, now we have an opening share. So we have time for three shares. And if you've already shared... Oh. oh, there's more questions. Okay, any more questions? But you have to run up here and ask them. Okay. So let me go on to the next part. The meeting has ended? It's 11.50 that we end the meeting. Okay. 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 There's somebody who wants to make an announcement, so if you would come up here and say what you said so that everybody can hear and the tape can hear. And we would ask you to sign the consent as well. Yeah, we are also going to have three shares, so if you want to share, that would be good too. You don't have to. I'm Maura, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Maura. And I have a very loud voice, so I'm not used to using one of these. So forgive me if I'm making you deaf in the back of the room. All I was saying previously is that if you can't get out, if you feel completely trapped and you are unable to get out of your home or wherever it is, if you have access to a telephone, you have access to a meeting. 
If you have access to a computer and the Internet, you have access to a meeting. The one thing I've learned through this program, and whether God is technologically on our side or not, it doesn't matter. It's, the program is pretty much ubiquitous of these days. It, it, there's, there's no way that you can, unless you choose to completely isolate, there's no way that you can sit there and honestly say to yourself, I can't. I can because of this program. I have a life because of this program. I'm very grateful for it, and I'm a bit opinionated, so forgive me. I hope I didn't offend anybody. So now this time, well, the share, um, and what you do is you come in and you sign, and you can sign after so that you get permission for us to be putting you on tape. I guess you limit your share for three minutes, and then you put stop up there. Over here. Hi, I'm Marty. I'm grateful to be recovering from compulsive overeating. I was just really touched by the ask it basket question when I heard I can't. And I'm just remembering when I was there. And I just wanted to share that I I couldn't pick up the phone. I just couldn't do it. There was this paralysis that was just unexplainable. But what I learned from the program was to pray. And I just had to share that the prayer has just been so amazing that really we've heard it again and again, but God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. The other piece of program that has come to me at that time is act as if. Boy, I'll tell you, my magical magnifying mind can go to have me, uh, you know, in some grandiose places to act as if. And uh, so I just wanted to share those two little pieces that have really been important for me in that paralysis. Sometimes I can get, <laughs> I can get real judgmental with myself and make it a moral issue. And what I know in reality, there are times when I have had some challenges with my brain chemistry, menopause brain, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, it really felt like I couldn't. And that's why I need God in my program and in my life. Um, that it just has really been it. And um, I, I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I'm Alice. I'm an average compulsive overeater. Hi, Alice. I wanted to thank both Carol and Barbara for their shares. Great. And that last question grabbed me, too. I can't. And I was thinking of uh, one of my ex-sponsors who, um, I guess she has about 30 or 32 years. I don't remember anymore of abstinence. Uh, actually, clean, sober, and abstinence. 
and she came down with multiple sclerosis a few years ago and uh, got to the point where she really can't, couldn't get out of the house even with the help of somebody else. And you know what she did? She started a meeting at her house. And she's always been a heavy-duty sponsor and you know, a lot of sponsees. Um, one time she had a file index. Oh, it's very organized. And, um, and she still sponsors. Um, she uses the phone. Um, the computer's hard for her because of her hands. But, you know, she does what she can do. Um, the other thing I thought of is um, the word can't. Now, can't can be physically can't, like my friend. And it can also be, uh, I don't want to. And then I thought of fear, because the basis of a lot of my stuff is fear-based, you know. I don't want to do that, it's too scary. And there's a saying that says, you know, that, you know, I can do the, do the things I fear to do. And that's very similar to um, what I heard today about if you don't want to do it, just that's the thing you need to do. You know, if I, I don't want to do any writing, well, I guess I'll do some writing. You know, I don't want to go to meetings. Well, I guess I'll go to meetings. And um, I've had a lot of challenges with getting to meetings since I have been at this current job for almost seven years where I'm at work at five in the morning. And, oh, and, um, and now I'm 62, and it's really, you know, difficult. And it's, I can't seem to find meetings that are early enough. And, gee, did I sound like I have a resentment? Yeah. And I have, yeah, and I have started. I had uh, started a meeting, and it didn't work out, and this and that. So I do, I do service. I'm an intergroup rep. I was on the Region 2 board. I've worked on conventions. And, um, and sometimes I don't get, you know, enough sleep. And I don't die from it. And I don't eat over it. So I just do the next indicated step. And um, I have difficulty driving at night because I have cataracts now. So I'm making phone calls. And there's somebody who lives pretty close to me who is willing to drive me to meetings. So that'll work, too. Thank you. Jan, I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, you touched me very much when you talked about fear. Um, it brought me back to, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was probably about in the fifth or sixth grade, and um, I'd gotten overweight. Uh, I don't know how many pounds or anything, but um, I knew that I was one of the fattest kids and I hardly ever use that term, fat. I've grown um, in the sixth grade. Um, I was very fearful because um, 
I was different from the other kids. I was fearful because uh, my mom was very, very pretty, and she would go out dancing with my dad, and uh, I would cry at the uh, at the window until they came back because I figured that she wasn't going to come back because I didn't deserve such a pretty mom. Um, I was a very, very good girl. I mean, behavior-wise, um, academically, I was good because, and a people-pleaser to boot because um, God was a God that was going to zap me if I did something wrong or even thought about doing something wrong. And, you know, when I came into OA and started to work even a half-ass, excuse me, program, uh, it really changed for me. Um, I no longer am afraid to go out by myself. And that was fearful in me for a long time. I am uh, no longer afraid that God's going to zap me. Now my higher power is a very loving, wonderful God. And I know, because I pray to him every day to please let me walk closer with you. And I know that he's encircling his arms around me, giving me comfort, giving me strength to do the things that I'm not comfortable in, um, things that I don't want to do, things that I don't even know whether I should or I shouldn't do, you know. And... Uh, so I have to say the serenity prayer a lot of times, a bazillion day, times a day, um, to get through situations in my life, you know, especially with my family, whom, uh, you know, my biological family, they don't know from beans what I'm going through. And y'all, you're all are my family. My family from the heart. And you know me. And you know what I'm going through. And... And one more time, I'm not unique. So, I thank God for this program. Thank God for you. I just love the sharing. It's really brought up a whole bunch of stuff that I keep forgetting about that I would have loved to have said first. I'm Yvonne, compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you, Carol, and thank you, Barbara, and thank you, everybody, for being here. You know, it's a place to come, and I like the part about um, I identify with everybody that shares. But what I wanted to say is, being I'm a long-timer, I wanted to give hope to the people. They were talking about I can't and, um, sh and um, using the phone and being fearful, and I was so fearful. I remember I thought I called out of town the first call. I We had to call our food in when I came in. And the first call I made I thought was out of town, and I don't think it was more than 10 miles because it was from Covina to La Puente. And then I lied because I, you had to say, um, I don't know, two hot dogs and green beans or some damn thing. Anyway, whatever. And I, But you know what? This is supposed to be an, uh, a program of honesty. But this flashed, and I thought, I lied to whoever was on the end of the phone because it was so embarrassing, and I was so scared to think that I had to do something like that. And to come to the meeting, no. You know, the, when I walked in the meeting, I was very fortunate. 
because it was the first time nobody asked me to comb my hair different. Nobody asked me to change my clothes. They didn't ask me where I lived. They didn't ask me nothing. And uh, this person that, you know, um, was talking about, I can't. I think that um, when I come inside this um, place, it's the safest place on earth for me. It still is to this day. But I thought, if anybody's scared, you're not supposed to lie, but use the phone and lie if you want to just get started. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm Ron, a great for recovering compulsible reader. Hi, Ron. And this whole topic of, you know, in it for the long haul. Um, before I came into OA, um, I never did anything for the long haul. Never could. It just never occurred to me. Um, the longest thing I'd ever done is, was I had a job for maybe five years with the tops up to that point. Uh, I came into a program in uh, June of uh, 1990. And in November uh, of that year, I got my abstinence. I've been abstinent ever since. Now, I didn't start off by saying I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. I'm gonna have you know today I'm gonna have 20 you know 18 years of abstinence. But what I did was this program taught me that all I got to do is something one day at a time. All I have is today, and that's what has changed my whole life is the fact that all I need to do is plan out today and I can get through it abstinently. You know, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because it's not here yet. Yesterday's gone. I was absent yesterday, so I'm grateful for that. And, you know, you strain enough of these one days at a time and pretty soon you got some longevity. So, um, for me, the whole concept of, you know, oh, being a, a long-time maintainer, I'm thinking, you know, boy, can I do this for another five, ten years? No, I don't think I can do it. But can I do it today? Yes, I can do it today. That's all I have to worry about, all I have to do. And it works for me. And you know what? I started practicing these principles in all my affairs. Uh, I've now been in a job for 14 years. I've never been able to do that before. I've been, I'm going to celebrate my 18th wedding anniversary tomorrow. Who would have thought, you know? So uh, it's all because this program has given me a concept of living just for today. And so I'm just real grateful that this uh, program exists and that I can have this longevity just by worrying about now. Thank you. I actually first came here. It shocked me when I think of it. 1968, 40 years ago. And but, but talk about keep going, keep coming, keep coming. You'll get it. Um, Friday, July 3rd, if I'm willing, will be 17 years of abstaining. Thank God, it's like a 75-pound weight loss. But um, I went away for like 15 years or so. I was busy. I got married. I had children. In my head, I couldn't do it all. I would be guilty if I was here. I should be home. I was at work. I should be. I was at home, I should be, it was just too much for me then. Now I know we have a lot of wonderful meetings, you can bring kids and all of that, but uh, it wasn't at that time, it was just in my head, I couldn't do it, so I decided to look for an easier, softer way, and I really looked. 
I mean, I did Jenny Craig. I did the pregnant woman urine shots. I did everything. I did OptiFast. You know, you lose and you're so thin. You're so fabulous. Food. What could be easier than not dealing with food? It's like you're an alcoholic. You drink the stuff and all that. And you come back day one and it's like, oh, this whole chicken breast. I can't possibly eat all of this. Oh, my God. Day by day by day, you get over that. And so, you know, little by little. So that came back. So I felt when I came back, something clicked finally. I'd been gone for years. I'd been married like for 18 years, 16 terrific years. We got divorced, and I was divorcing, and my kids were at camp or at summer school. The excuses were gone, and I came back uh, because, I don't know, you know, something clicked. It takes what it takes. It's like somebody was saying recently, it's like every day that you abstain and that you read the book and that you do that use the tools, it's like putting money in a bank, and when you have your weak days and you need it, that strength is there, you know. Um, but somehow, it's like I knew I was a compulsive overeater. I wasn't fighting it anymore. The last time I was fighting, oh, I wish I could have and resenting and craving. Thank you, God. I wish I could say what did it, but I haven't had those feelings since the 17 years, one day at a time. If someone said to me, you're not having chocolate for the rest of your life, I just would have left, you know. You get that. But that whole one day at a time concept, and when I start thinking, well, I'm going here, and they're going to have this food, and they're going to be that, and they're going to, you know, I know it's the program. It's probably getting older, just living longer, you know, that you just sort of get a little bit of the big picture and realize this moment will pass. I can't have this. I've never blown abstinence over circumstances. It's in here. And it's, you know, something has to happen from your mind to your hands to your mouth to putting the food in. It's a lot of steps along the way. They don't just pick up a phone or do something or use whatever tool. I don't have to do it. So thank God, on my abstinence, I abstain from compulsive overeating. I don't do sugars and bread. My food plan is what's imperfect. My abstinence is no question. It's like black and white. Within my food plan, I don't always make the best choices. Sometimes I have more of that heavy brown food and not as much of that light, bright green food and stuff. But that will be for the rest of my life. There will be those decisions on a daily basis. But once I eliminate what I can't handle... It's like I'm a normal person, and, you know, I eat better, I eat worse, and all of that. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you guys very much for sharing. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm Mary, compulsive eater. And um, I would like to speak to the issue about abstinence versus food plan. And when I first came in 25 years ago, uh, we had the Brown Book. That's it. That's all we had in AA's books. And in the Brown Book, it says the definition of abstinence is not eating between planned meals and abstaining from my individual binge foods. So, planned meals... Binge foods. Binge foods are, for me, sugar. Um, anything that is close to sugar, i.e. white flour, um, you know, and those kinds of things, I try to abstain from. Or I abstain from sugar. I shouldn't say try. My food plan. My food plan I received when I was in treatment um, at Rader in, in 1989, and it was the American Diabetic Association food plan. And if uh, you want a good food plan, they have a wonderful book. It's called The Red Book. And it tells you what the food plan, what a healthy food plan should be. And a protein at lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a whole grain starch at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 
and vegetables at lunch and dinner and um, a fruit at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it tells me in there what I was, what, I, what constitutes a starch, what constitutes a fruit, what constitutes a protein, how much protein, three ounces of protein. So that's what I use as my food plan. And, you know, sometimes I've traveled internationally where you don't have the nighttime and your one day is all of a sudden 36 hours. And so what I do then is my food plan is I eat every five hours. And I usually eat the kind of food that I would normally eat if I was, in other words, I follow my own clock, my body clock. And I use that as an indicator of what I'm going to eat as far as a food plan. And that's really worked for 20 years. And I've lived in a lot of countries. I mean, I've visited and stayed in a lot of different countries. And it's been something that works. You can always get a protein. You can always get a whole grain starch. And you can always get some fruits and vegetables, if nothing else. If worse and to worse, I use tomato juice as, you know, my vegetables. But it's something that's worked for 20 years. And the other thing I have to say about a food plan is it's no longer about dieting. It's about feeding my body healthy nutrition. What is healthy? And the thing that I've learned uh, as a long-timer is that I notice now that my body responds different ways to certain foods. And so if I have foods that's got a lot of chemicals in it, my body doesn't react in a very good way. You know, my intestines react. Everything goes crazy. Whereas I, if I'm eating a healthy protein and a healthy starch and vegetables, you know, anything, somebody also told me this early on, things that are as close to nature as possible. And look at the ingredients. And if it's got things on there you can't pronounce, um, it's probably not a good healthy food. And so to stay as close to natural as possible, and that's something that I really work on too. And also, and I, I read all the ingredients. And let me tell you something. If you're abstaining from sugar, and if that sugar is a binge food for you, like it was for me, um, they're hiding sugars now in foods. And where it used to be, they would put sugar, you know, by the amount of ingredients, you know, and what I learned was is I don't eat sugar if it's in the first three ingredients. Well, now what they do is they break down the sugar into sucrose, uh, corn syrup, um, fructose, um, all of these things. And so then they list it later on. So now I had to look at, okay, what are the carbohydrates in this? What are the amounts of sugar in this? Something that's over 30 sugar, uh, 30 carbohydrates has probably got a whole lot of sugar in it and not a whole lot of grains. And then I had to take and look at, okay, what is the proportion? So, um, and that's how I've grown over 20 years and, I, and I'm really grateful. I've been, I've had a gift, thank you, bestowed upon me. This is not anything I did. This was something God did. And it says in this program that if we seek God, we will find Him. And we will find the answer to our problem and the solution to our malady. And so that's what the difference between abstinence and food plan is for me. Thanks.
got about five more minutes, so maybe one more. Do you want to speak again? Yes. Um, Harriet said what I would have loved to have said. I never think of saying these things, but um, that I've, my life has been pretty much that way as far as food and what I eat and what I don't eat. I'm Michelle, compulsive overeater. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, thank you, um, both of you. You both uh, confirmed what uh, kind of kept me coming back is that there's nothing in life um, that we go through and that actually that you do go through, through things in life and um, tragedy and happiness and all this is part of life that other people, it's not something that's happening to me. But when those things happen, I can always stay absent. I never have to take that compulsive bite. And um, I've been coming back. Uh, I'm from Sacramento, so I'm really glad to be here. I love, you know, we have a great program in Sacramento, lots of meetings, um, and we have some great people. Um, but we don't have like 30 and 40 years of absence. So that's what I love about coming to Southern California and hearing, um, hearing that and getting that hope. Uh, I've been coming back for ten and a half years, and you know, for me, it's been um, it's been just as challenging to stay abstinent through the challenging things, whether it's divorce or problems with a kid, um, and I had I have been through those, as it is right now to stay abstinent through this life beyond my wildest dreams that that I've been granted and blessed with today, and so like I, I'm getting married in September. And I find that just as challenging not to eat over that. It's not more challenging. Um, but I now, it's like I, I have always sort of ru- ruined the lie that goes on in my head that food's going to make it better. Because now I can say to myself, when I've been going through, through challenging times, I'm not going to make, make it through this if I eat. I know I won't be able to do it. And through, this, through these good times, it's... I'm not going to get to keep this if I don't stay absent. And the only way I can remember, no matter what's going on in my life, to, to do this is to work this program and to make this program and make my absence um, the number one priority in my life. And, um, you know, not a substitute for my life, but the number one priority. And because when I get confused about what I'm supposed to do, I say, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to be doing my morning reading or my morning prayer or talking to a sponsee or talking to a sponsor. And um, and so I'm, I am so grateful for these rules, with, you know, for these steps and and this program that, that gives me a way of living. Um, because even now I can say, gee, I want to be married or, gee, I want these other things in my life. And I have no clue how to get them. And, um, and so uh, I have a friend that says this, and it's absolutely true for me, it's, you know, there were, I had, you know, these dreams and fantasies about what I wanted my life to be. They would have limited my life. If I got every single one of those things, it would have limited my life. Um, and so I'm, uh, I'm extremely grateful to be here and grateful that you're all here. And thank you very much for both of you for speaking. I have four minutes left. We've got a lot of sharing done today. That's good. Do you want to say anything else, Paula? Um, yeah. you got four minutes. Go ahead. Well, if there's nobody else that wants to share, 
Um, I want to give a pitch for people being willing to serve uh, on these panels. I can't speak for Barbara, but I can so speak for me. I hear so much good stuff from all of you while I'm willing to give up and get, uh, get out of myself, share what I know or what I think I know, and then I'm open and I hear so much from you guys. Thank you. You've done a number on you today. Um, it's time to close the workshop, so if you uh, will just uh, join me in a moment in silence for those who still suffer, uh, we'll say the third step prayer. <laughs>